Hey, Sam. Hey, Teresa. What's up? Not much. We're recording early in the morning for once um, in Boston. Honestly, the only thing I've been doing over the last five days is watching the Olympics, which has been incredible. Also, my brother, Jake, shout out, just returned from the Marines. So it's been a big week in the Fleming household. That sounds like a really big week. My week also has been big because my roommate for the summer just left me yesterday. And now I'm here um, in this Airbnb with my other friend, but it's the end of an era. I feel like things are coming to a close soon. Other things are, you know, opening. So um, yeah, excited to see what's coming. Awesome, awesome. And that kind of phases into our interview today because we are going to be talking to somebody that talks a lot about pivots. Today we will be interviewing Ace Evans over a blue raspberry slushy. Great, let's get into it. So today we are drinking a blue raspberry slushy, which I feel like is appropriate because as theaters are opening up, I feel like blue raspberry slushies are a staple of movie theater going everywhere. Um, I love slushies in general. How do you feel about slushies, Teresa? I feel like it's something that my little sister would always order at the movie theater, but I would never get. And um, I feel like when I was young, I would always look forward to getting slushies at 7-Eleven, but only for like the, the aesthetic of it, like not actually the drink. I would just like the idea of like, getting a slushy and like going to 7-Eleven but then I don't think I ever really drank them yeah slushies are weird because once you get all of the flavor out of it you're just left with ice it's a it's a very oddly constructed drink because half of the time you're just drinking like plain ice but um a lot of fun yeah definitely not my top choice but Anyways, moving on to today's episode, we will be interviewing artist Ace Evans. Um, Ace Evans is a recent graduate from the University of Pennsylvania, and he is an artist and primarily works with painting to sort of combine a bunch of colors and textures to describe like memories and experiences and emotions and largely works within the abstract art realm. Um, his art is just super, super cool. And um, he just has like a really, I feel like interesting story that we can all try to learn from um, and also um, kind of closely examine his art and sort of where he gets his ideas and um, in drawings and paintings from. Yeah, also definitely go check out his art. He does absolutely incredible stuff. Um, he works a lot in different types of abstraction. So if you like abstraction, it was perfect for you. His website is creation, that is C-R-E-A-C-E-T-I-O-N.com. And his Instagram is the same thing, at creation. Um, so definitely go check out his work. And we're excited to talk to him about his artistic process. Yeah, should we call him up right now? Yep, let's call him up. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I just got off work a little while ago. Um, just been painting. 
Yeah, trying to enjoy the summer, you know. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. So first, just what made you originally get interested in art? And that could be any type of art. It could be visual, it could be music, whatever got you interested in like art in general. I mean, I think, yeah, it's been a whole life thing. I mean, I, I find being back home, like sketchbooks from when I was like five and stuff that I've had. So I think it's always been a part of life. I mean, earliest memories of any art is like dancing around the house with my mom and stuff. Um, you know, some music. I think that was kind of our first love. I remember being younger and like my like fantasy being like on stage and like singing a song in front of, you know, millions of fans or whatever and them singing every word back. Like that's like the, that was like the dream, not like I wasn't a great singer or anything. So it was never going to happen. But that was like, you know, if you could do anything for a day or whatever, like that's what I would do. Um, and then I think, you know, throughout school, taking art, um, doing some drumming classes, um, you know, chorus or whatever. But I think I always gravitated towards, yeah, like creating, you know, with my hands doing, you know, whether it be drawing, painting, sculpture, like all that, all that type of stuff. And I did a lot of art in high school. And yeah, now we're here. So um, even though you've like always been interested in art, I guess at what point did you like um, decide to uh, prioritize it or take it like more seriously and yeah it definitely was it probably last well yeah last June maybe a little over a year ago um I think you know I was painting for a while I painted I started painting during college and um I made a couple of things like freshman and sophomore year and then junior year I really was like okay I'm gonna like paint I think it was just a way to express things that I had inside of me. Um, and yeah, during the pandemic, you know, it just happened around that time where that was when I was going to start painting anyway. And then with being sent back home and everything, I just like went fully into it and just started ordering, you know, a bunch of supplies and just started painting like every day, kind of around the clock. Cause there was like nothing else to do really besides, you know, the few Zoom classes that I had. So that's when I really decided to take it seriously. And, you know, my grandma was like, you got to get a website. You got to get a website. And I was like, there's Instagram. She was like, well, I don't have Instagram. And I was like, all right, well. And I think, you know, during that time, like, I think I launched my website, like on June 25th, 2020. So like that time was in like, yeah, March, April, May, June, like around then is when I was like, okay, like, this is a thing. And I like, started to sell pieces and stuff. And that's when I was like, all right, like, I actually want to do this. I want to make art, you know, I want this to be a primary part of my life. And yeah, I mean, once you make a website, I feel like you're kind of official <laughs> in selling works. I was like, all right, well, it's there now for people to see. I know you pay for the domain and everything. Can't go back. <laughs> uh, there now. So I'd say, you know, last, last year was when it became like for real, for real a thing for me. And was it weird to have it turn into like this thing that was purely passion to something where it becomes a business for you? Was that a big transition? Sure. Yeah, it was definitely difficult um, at first. I mean, I think it's still a little weird and difficult, you know, pricing things. Um, but yeah, starting out, you know, I was just like making stuff. I mean, obviously I had some intention of like, even when I first started painting in college, you know, I wanted to do things for friends. like if their favorite color was green, I would make them a green painting and it can go in their room or something. Like I always had that vision of having my work in people's 
uh, you know, homes and apartments and stuff. I think like logistically, I didn't really think about what that would mean, you know, in terms of like, am I doing commissions? Am I not just kind of that whole process? Um, and it's been a balance. I think, you know, when people start to buy things, it's like, oh, so they want work that's kind of like this, but maybe I'm not interested in making work like that anymore. Um, and so I think it's something, honestly, I've just continued to like, whether people, you know, like the stuff or not, like I'm just keep creating and keep iterating, um, you know, which is here nor there. I think, you know, there's certain styles that people like more and I'm like, oh, I could do that, but I just really don't want to. So right now I'm really, I've kind of stayed away from commissions. I thought about doing them a couple times, but I think, you know, as an abstract painter, it's like, I kind of shift so much and I've pivoted a lot and just even in the types of works that I'm making, like if someone asks me to do something, I might not like be able to do it anymore, but I also just might not be interested in making work like that anymore. Yeah, like speaking about the style, um, what draws you to like doing abstract paintings? I think it's just always been my thing. Like I never, I mean, like I'm a big doodler and like all I do is doodle like abstract things like all the, for as long as I can remember. And um, I don't know, I always took them like very seriously, you know, like even just, you know, random little something on a piece of paper, like it always felt like something and always meant something, even if I was never going to do anything with it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like, you know, more can be, there's more non things than there are things, you know, like there's red and green and like yellow apples, but like there's so many other colors that apples are not. So it's like a, you know, a loose example, but yeah, I think there's more can be expressed with that, with, you know, abstraction um, than, than there can, you know, with real with reality. You know, I think when we think about, um, you know, reading between the lines or like non-verbal kind of language, like there's so much that's like unsaid that we pick up on as people. And it's like, how do I capture all of that kind of in-between space and put it into, into a painting? Um, yeah, and <coughs> sorry, I'd love to dig more specifically into the way you create your work as well, because um, your work as a, tends to be very large scale. Is there any reason that you like to paint big? Yeah, I think, you know, when I first started out, obviously I was like using smaller canvases, but I very quickly realized I wanted to go bigger. I think there's just something that you can't make up for, you know, when it comes to scale, like you can make, you know, the same piece, but if it's like eight feet tall and like 10 feet wide, like you're just going to have a completely different experience in it. And I think it's about that immersion and like commitment. Um, you know, abstraction is kind of one of those things, you know, it's like you make an all white painting. It's just like, what the hell is this? Like, why is this in a museum? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I think scale helps like get past some of that stuff, but it also, you know, it's giving you an experience already, like something small on a wall, you can easily walk past it, but you know, something large kind of taking up the room, it like forces you to like reckon with it. It forces you to like sit and take it in. And I think, you know, with making pieces that I'm putting a lot of emotion into, like I want them to be able to give kind of that energy back. And I think just some of that just has to do with the size of the pieces. Like they just have to be of a certain size. 
Yeah, and you just talked about the emotion that you put into your work. Do you see every piece that you make as kind of an emotional experience? Yeah, definitely. I'm like always listening to music while I'm painting. It's usually, you know, <laughs> sad, <laughs> you know, some type of, yeah, you know, in my bag kind of feeling music. Um, despite, you know, whether like the emotion is, is, you know, happy or joyous, I think it's just like, me kind of tapping into you know that state of which I need to be in to like focus in on an idea and try to express it in a painting. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah. I forgot I forgot the question, but <laughs> yes. No, it's all good. You basically answered it. He said basically. <laughs> That's a minus two, minus two for me. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I feel like when I look at your paintings, I do not really think like, oh, he's in his bag. Um, but I do notice. So I went on a website and I did a quick scroll and mm -hmm. I feel like I really noticed the colors of blue and purple a lot. Yeah. And I was just wondering if that was like intentional or there's like there's something that draws you into those color yeah. palettes. So you're like not the first person to say that. And it's it's I mean, blue is my favorite color. One. Um, I'm a Pisces, if that means anything to, you know, anybody. So, I, you know, the color blue, like, is important to me. Um, I don't think it necessarily, I don't go into every piece, like, okay, this is like, you know, blue is representing, you know, serenity or the ocean or like wholeness or any of those things. But the color is important to me. Like, I do find myself often, like, wanting to work in it. I think just visually, like I have the most control over blue and like I notice the most variation in it and I like have a lot of fun working it. Like I can make a piece, you know, I've made a lot of pieces that just deal with different shades of blue. And I think I'm more keen to like looking at that, yeah, seeing the different tones in it and like playing around with it than I am with any other color. Um, and so, yeah, I just keep kind of coming back to it. I do, it's kind of happening organically, but I do see myself having a really long period like sustained just in blue. And I think I haven't like said like, okay, I'm just gonna do this and like only work in blue, but like it just happens, you know, with like every piece, it ultimately like blue ends up kind of dominating in, in a lot of the works. And as a, like a, a young and like kind of more an artist who like got into it a bit more recently, how mm -hmm. do you make sure that you're always pushing yourself um, and pushing towards something better and just like more, um, I guess, how do you push towards your goals within art? Mm -hmm. I think one is like looking at other artists, um, you know, not, not in a way to like, you know, compare and be like, oh, my stuff is like trash compared to them. But I think I'm just constantly inspired, you know, by different, yeah, by just different artists, like young, dead, you know, mid-career, you know, like I'm just always inspired by them. So looking at other people and seeing, you know, that they've gone through so many different like phases in terms of the type of art that they're making, like that inspires me. I think I just am still looking for, not looking for, I know it will happen eventually, but like just still trying to find that kind of mix of like, this is what I'm trying to say kind of all the time with my works. I think I've varied a lot over time. You can probably see it looking through the website. Like there's a lot of different, you know, moments of like I'm painting this way and then I'm kind of painting this way. And, you know, I think it's gotten better just like visually, technically. Um, 
and yeah, it's just like, how do I, I'm just trying to keep, you know, push the bounds really between like sculpture and painting, but still using paint. Um, my background in like high school was working in ceramics. And so I spent a lot of time just like carving uh, into clay and that was like awesome. And I think I'm trying to kind of still do that with painting. Like how can I create something that's like as texturally um, and like visually stimulating as like a three-dimensional object, but like between, you know, these four walls and like, yeah, there's just a lot you can do. And it's like, how do I, yeah, turn something that's looks like nothing, you know, into something that looks like something. And like, how do you know when to like put a painting down? Like, how do you know when it's finished? You know, that is a hard question. Honestly, and you might hear this from like other artists too, it, they kind of speak to you. Like there's a point in time where there's just nothing else that can be done. Like, and it's happened to me before where like, it wasn't my intention to stop working on a painting, but like after my stopping the work for the day, you know, coming back to it, whether it's a day or a week later, like, I don't know, like, I just don't know what to do. Like I wanted to finish the paint. I think it's on the website right now. It's untitled. It's like silver with like yellow and blue and a little copper and like I, that was not the final product. Like this was like, okay, this is gonna be like the background. And you know, I wanna use these colors or whatever. And I came back and I was like, I don't know where to put a mark. Like I don't, I, I wanted to add more blue. I was like, there's nowhere for this blue to go. There's nowhere for me to do anything. And I was just like, I has to stop. Anything else would have been too much. And so it's been a learning process. I definitely, there have been moments where I've should have left something the way it was. And then I've tried to like, paint over it but make it look like how it was before and you know that's been challenging and sometimes it's led to innovations and you know a completely new piece and that's also good too so sometimes you know yeah you just have to let it sit i think being patient with it is something that i've had to learn kind of the hard way because like with painting so much so frequently especially with like little canvases like it was just like how can i not how can i do as much as possible i think i was just constantly inspired in the beginning and like I wanted to do everything, but now it's like, okay, I can work on a piece. Like I have a lot of pieces that are just like sitting, you know, that I've started kind of liked, but like, I'm not pressed to like finish every little thing as I started. Like I'm cool to like start new projects and kind of work on different things at the same time, which has been helpful in that process. Definitely. And I would love to talk about uh, the words you use a couple of times on your site, Pivot. Um, what, what does that word mean to you and why do you feel like it's important to look for places to pivot in life? It means to me, you know, I think I'm a, the type of person that considers themselves flexible, but like probably isn't as flexible as they think they are. Um, and so, you know, the biggest pivot I had was, uh, yeah, during my senior year of college where I was like in my master's program in education there and like that was my plan since like before college like I wanted to get this master's in education I didn't know what I wanted to do but like I knew I wanted to be in that field and start you know painting for so long you know during the pandemic and into school I was like I don't I don't want to like have my life be without this I don't want my you know professional career to be without this art aspect and so you know, I had to make a pivot and like leaving that program, which is like, you know, to my family, like, what are you doing? Like you're in a message, like what's going on? And so I think, you know, knowing 
enough to like listen to yourself, like believing in yourself enough to listen to yourself. So I think we all know, you know, when something doesn't feel right um, or when something does feel right. And it's like, are you going to tap into that and listen or not? And I think those pivots come in those moments where it's like, not everyone might be, you know, pushing for you to go in the same direction, but like you feel yourself being, you know, called in another way. And uh, yes, yeah, listening to that inner voice. Um, and that's a skill, like it's not something that's easy to do. Like it wasn't easy for me to do. And like, I knew what I wanted to do for a long time. Like, and it was kind of like convincing myself to do it, to not do it, like taking in all these different perspectives. But like, I knew the decision, you know, that I, that I wanted to make. And yeah, I think it's important for me because it's gonna happen a bunch of times in life, you know, whether it's working on a piece or, you know, career or like life-wise, like sometimes you have to make a change and it might feel drastic for you definitely drastic to everyone else but you know if you feel it and then you should do it and that's you know kind of something that i try to tell other folks especially younger kids you know working with young people now that are about to go through the college process and everything and they're all like i want to do this i want to do this and i'm like that's great i want you to do the things that you do but like also you're in high school like you don't know everything like me I, you just don't even know like all the majors like on that list at your school that you're going to get into so like be open to those things you know to those changes when they happen like don't feel you know because you said you were going to do something that you just have to do it like people change stuff all the time and that's a part of it's a part of the process like who would i be if i came into college like i wanted to get a master's in education and then like over four years like i never changed my mind like i didn't learn anything new to like break away like I was like, oh, maybe it's about time that I actually listen to myself now and not to myself when I was 18 and like applying to school. So like, that's why that word is yeah, important for me. No, I definitely feel that. Cause like, as you know, I also like pivoted during the pandemic. And like, I guess my question is like, since you've been on this path, um, when you do face moments of doubt, like, oh shit, like, did I make the right decision or whatever? Like what keeps you from like, like what keeps you in your inner peace and like this is what I'm meant to be doing right now? I mean, one, I think, you know, all these decisions have to be, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into like how easy or not a decision is to make. Um, and so like the privilege and being able to like, you know, kind of make a decision like that and having whatever resources or things to fall back on that are not gonna just like leave you you know, at rock bottom is one thing. So just putting that out there. But I think for me, like, I think, yeah, like I know what I want and I can't, I just can't do something that I don't want to do, you know, in terms of like, you know, I could do like small tasks and stuff or whatever, but like in terms of like career, like me building towards something, something that's going to be long-term, like I can't waste my time. Like, even if I don't see the end of the road or like, you know, know exactly where I'm going, I think just knowing that like I'm happy every day and I can get up and feel like inspired to do something is like enough for me. Like I know that there are enough people out there like living out their dreams that like I can be one of them. Like I don't feel like I am at a place in my life where I have to to compromise. Like I feel like I'm too young to do that. Like I'm 22. I don't really have that many responsibilities. Like if I compromise now, then like what happens in like 20 years having a family and stuff like that, I'm never gonna have achieve the things that I wanted to because I gave up on them too soon so yeah just like if I'm happy you know and like folks around me see that I'm happy and they're supporting me then 
you know, I feel good. And even if they're not supporting me, honestly, I'll make them, you know, <laughs> they see that I'm doing the thing that I love. I think, you know, those people in your life will come around. That's awesome. Um, and we wanted to end with like a couple more specific questions about yeah. how you like choose the names for stuff specifically. I think um, like a lot of the titles of your paintings and your series titles are really interesting. And I was wondering how you title things and what they mean to you. Yeah, the titles, they come from a bunch of different places, but it's always a process. Um, it never happens before, obviously. Well, maybe not obviously. Um, but yeah, sometimes I play around with titles for a, a, a while, you know, days or weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, it, some, it usually comes from, sometimes it comes from the inspiration behind the piece. Um, you know, whether I was like listening to a song and it was a certain lyric or like watching a movie or a show and, you know, a certain aesthetic in it or something that happens, you know, kind of inspired it. Sometimes I try to go in and like play around with a few names that are like paying homage to that. And sometimes they're based on what the painting looks like in the end. Um, so there's been pieces, you know, yeah, like after Golden Hour, number 41, where like, it reminded me of like those kind of blue and pinkish sunsets, like after Golden Hour, but it wasn't really, you know, might not, might not have been my intention when I first started out using those colors, but I think with that one it was, but, you know, there's been, I'm trying to look through now, but yeah, there's just been some like the strata number 30, Kupinoff, like I didn't know what Kupinoff was, like these fields in the Netherlands, these flower fields. And like, I didn't know what those things were. Like that wasn't inspiring me to make this piece, but in post seeing like a picture about those those fields and everything, I was like, oh, this is what this, this looks like, a kind of aerial view of those like fields of flowers and things like that. So sometimes they take their names that way. And sometimes it's a, a long process trying to get like a large concept into like two words and so you know titles can be long some artists have really long titles and i i think i should start adopting that or giving multiple titles because sometimes there's like a lot of meanings that i want people to like be able to hold on to but sometimes you just have to accept that like not everyone's going to get the full story and that just has to be that yeah and uh one more question about kind of related i feel like you do a really great job of matching the titles to the texture of the pieces. I was wondering how long it took you to be able to um, just texture the piece. I mean, all of your pieces have such incredible texture. Is that something that you intentionally focus on? How long did it take you to build up that skill? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Like, I think, like I said earlier, like in terms of like creating a piece that's like stimulating, you know, it's not just what the painting looks like, you know, if it's flat, like it's basically gonna look the same from any angle, you know, just playing with the light and everything. But when something's textured, you know, it creates shadows on itself. It cre can create shadows like in the room. And so that also helps me kind of achieve those sculptural elements where, um, you know, the piece would kind of be, yeah, like jumping off the wall. And yeah, it took a while, you know, there's been a lot of different like, you know, as you've seen, you know, kind of iterations and I've worked with a lot of different like mediums and things that have added texture and sometimes just like layering paint and just really going hard with that. Um, yeah, something I strive for in like every piece now, you know, I definitely don't like to create flat works. Um, I think, yeah, you like, you lose a whole element there. Like that's a whole dimension of things, um, you know, that you're not playing with, you know, even if you're painting something that say is like, 
bald white or something. You know, I think about places like the Grand Canyon or something like, for the most part, it's just like red rock. Like obviously there's like striations and stuff, but it's like red rock. But it's so, obviously it's so vast, but like you're seeing the texture, but it's all one color. And so even if I'm creating a painting that's all one color, like if it has those textural elements, you can still be like wrapped and immersed in it. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's definitely something that I have continued to work at and will continue to work at just like in whatever kind of painting I'm doing, like how do I make sure that texture is a, a you know, prominent feature. And also recently I noticed, or the most recent paintings on your website, like every hall windows represent, like there's a lot of angles and like lines and squares going on. Is Has anything been like inspiring you recently to like go towards yeah, that? For sure. Um, there's really a lot of artists, but the first one um, is a Korean contemporary artist, Minkoo Kim, uh, it's based in Brooklyn and yeah, his works, especially inspired Rivers End. Um, and I think, yeah, there's something about lines. Like, I think I'm always like in between like complete, I guess kind of chaos and then like a little more control. But I think even with like Rivers End, like there's something to like straight lines and like the amount, like th this painting took so long, like, to get a line to be straight, like in theory, it's like, oh, that's so easy. But like, it actually takes a long time to like let the paint build up on the canvas and, you know, to make sure that every single bristle in like brushstroke is is giving that linear quality. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, seeing, seeing Minku's works and a couple of other um, Korean artists uh, like Ha Chung Kyun, um, yeah, like have been super inspiring to me and just the way that they can use like repetition and line uh, to create some really like impactful works. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot now is like, you know, yeah, repetition um, of strokes and how to like have something build up over time in a kind of organic way. Um, and then, yeah, like just lines, like dealing with really straight lines and how to like create something that's again, like visually stimulating, like using a bunch of little blues. And I think I even want to go for pieces that are more more subtle in their variation. Um, Cause I think those things, those things feel like nature to me, you know? They feel like nature, like the slight change in the color of like tree bark or like when leaves turn colors in the fall, like there's just slight change that happen over, you know, a short amount of time, but getting those slow gradations, um, that are like, you know, if you're up close, maybe you won't notice them, but when you stand back, you can see that whole spectrum is something that I'm really, really interested in capturing. That's incredible. And the way that you phrased that was really sick. But um, I guess before we wrap up, I need some um, album recommendations. What are you listening to when you're making these paintings? You brought up music a couple of times. Album reps. Oh my God. Um, let's see. I'm listening to, I got to pull up my Spotify for this. <laughs> People um, always get so flustered. They're no, like, oh my God, music rights. Okay, give me a second. Listen to a lot of uh, a lot of Mac Ayers. Um, his album from like 2019, maybe Juice Box and uh, 2021, Magic 8 Ball, or is it 2020? Um, yeah, like I come back to that a lot. I awkwardly, not even awkwardly, like I'm not ashamed to say it. Like I listen to a lot of Jonas Brothers, man, like the new album. Like, I don't know, there's something, 
there's some one like I was a fan when I was younger and like a big fan of Disney. So there's something about like those nostalgic feelings that I get of listening to music, like you know when you look me in the eyes and stuff. Like there's that childlike, you know, love and stuff that comes up, and like those are like really raw emotions that like I find great for painting. So I'm like always tapped into like yeah stuff like that. A lot of Ariana Grande. You know, views from Drake is is one that's also on repeat a lot. Not a lot of, and a lot of classical music too that has been really good recently. So, yeah, those are some things that I've been listening to. Not a lot of, <laughs> I don't know what's new. <laughs> John Mayer's album, that's a new one, Sob Rock. Awesome. Have you painted to Love Bug by the Jonas Brothers? Sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Good. Which, which Jonas Brother? Which one? Which one? I'm a I'm a big fan of Joe. I okay. Think, I think Joe, yeah, I'm a Joe fan. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no pressure. That's I'm fair. Sensing, <laughs> sensing Nick energy, and that's okay. I, uh, <laughs> only one wrong answer, and it, it is still Kevin. It will always be Kevin. It's terrible. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Um. Actually, Frankie is pretty. Cool. Kind of has yeah, clout now. Of like art stuff and like, yeah, yes, yeah, whole aesthetic. That's yeah. Cool. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Two Virgins. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Ace and check out his work. You can find this episode on our website quarantinecontent.com or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week. <laughs>